listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. the 13th annual Star Chefs International Chefs Congress a couple of weeks ago in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. This three-day event focused on chefs and restaurateurs that we enjoy eating in their restaurants or seeing them on an array of TV programs to supporting chefs rising in their field and some top appliance, cooking, and food producers in the market. Throughout the event, we were able to enjoy a number of sessions that included pairing wines with the iconic dinosaur barbecue, a fried rice battle, which was judged by Chef Marcus Samuelson, Chef Edward Lee, Chef Nicole Panesca, and Christine Lee. With participants that included Bravo's Top Chef, Chef Sheldon Simeon, a discussion on West African food and educating listeners on its flavors and importance via Kith and Kin's Kwame Onwachi, and a number of hands-on culinary classes, as well as being able to walk the floor to try a number of treats by brands in the space. On today's Athleisure Kitchen, we sit down with Will Blunt, managing editor of Star Chefs, and one of the breakout rooms on the floor of the event to talk about how he came to being a part of the publication Star Chefs, as well as the annual event, the purpose behind Star Chefs, speakers and participants he looks forward to especially seeing at the event, and more. Make sure you keep an eye out for the November issue of Athleisure Mag, which will drop the week of Thanksgiving, which will have a number of interviews and images from the 13th annual Star Chefs International Chefs Congress held in Brooklyn. thought that maybe I taught some high school tennis for a little while, worked on the hill, but I decided I wanted to jumpstart my career by moving to New York. Mm-hmm. And it was the height of the internet exuberance in the late 90s. And I was thinking about going the path of a more like conservative banking job. Nice. And I, uh, <laughs> so I did some interviews and I got, you know, I kind of got highs and allergic to the concept and I eventually... Um, I just took a, a minute to help a friend at what is, what is Star Chefs now, mm-hmm. a friend who had been hired as a first employee after a fundraising round, and, um, wow. and I got the bug, and so I'm um, 20 years in now. I would say in terms of food, I've always loved food, but you know, that, I kind of fell into it and then fell in love with the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I do cook, and, I, and I'm really into food. But I'm most inspired by the industry and the wow. the industry. So we, in the early 2000s, um, like most internet companies, didn't have a lot of direction. But by the early 2000s, we like firmly committed with my business partner Antoinette mm-hmm. to be completely on the trade side, publish for chefs, and make our mission to support chefs and other people in the industry. Wow. Um, so the idea. With that, it's just that it's a wonderful industry, lots of opportunity, but it's also an industry with a lot of pains and challenges. Mm -hmm. And so we have a classifieds area that helps with labor, which is a pain. Um, All of our publishing is about best practices and inspiration for chefs. Um, And they're really passionate people. So I've been most inspired by the people in the industry. Mm and I do love food, and I've gotten to know it really well, but I think it's a, the people in the industry that inspire me. Wow. So what are your day-to-day roles in Star Chefs? 
Yeah, I now, like, fortunately, it evolved a bit. We're still, we're about 15 full staff, and for this event, we might have 100 people working on it, but um, uh, I do a bit of everything now. We fortunately evolved to the point where we have great people at different departments, but I do a part of fundraising and development um, HR. Uh, I have made a point to stay engaged. So when we were in the early days, let's say we were just five five people, mm-hmm. I learned to use a camera. My business partner as well, Antoinette, <laughs> and there was kind of a rule that everyone needed to, everyone, to use a camera. Exactly. And we were, um, you know, classic startup bootstrapping. So um, we would do the tastings and interviews. I didn't mention this, but our thing I think distinguishes Starshots from any other publication. Mm-hmm. Is that we do probably 600 tastings interviews on the ground wow. every year. So that's all uh, across the country, mm-hmm. organized into four markets typically in terms of emphasis uh, by quarter. And um, we spend two to three hours with a chef, pastry chef, song, an artisan baker, coffee roaster, anyone who's in the industry wow. um, doing something well we will um, visit them and document them get to know what they're doing and then share what we think is done well what would be inspiring for other people so all that to say I still do that because mm-hmm. it's important that's well, something I enjoy doing but it's also uh, we now have a wonderful editor writers we have a full-time photographer that are super capable but I still I still keep my toe in, like, in the editorial which you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah have to um, just to stay in touch and also because I, as I was saying I love um, the culture and the restaurant community mm. what's the biggest thing that you've learned about chefs in working in this environment that still just keeps you so inspired to be a part of this every day yes um, so the industry is still like despite all the media attention and the you know, food TV, but all the explosion of like the celebrity chef scenario, mm-hmm. uh, it's still super merit based yeah. and egalitarian. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like even if you had a Top Chef show or you, whatever, you, you you still like face all the same yeah. challenges. Um, many of the chefs that really early on inspired, and some of them are early supporters on our board, but many of the chefs that um, I think inspired me initially. Um, they all started at like the dishwasher level. Right. Um, I think John George, who's on our board of directors in the beginning, made dog food out like well, didn't even make human food. Like he, yeah, he's on the dog food shift. <laughs> Marcus uh, Samuelson, who's a fr- great friend and supporter. We love him. Yeah, inspired. Uh, he, you know, he. Um, the hot dog stand, Bobby Flay scooped ice cream. You know, they all mm-hmm. start. And so it's very honest in that sense, and there's not a lot of skipping. I think there's maybe less patience in the industry because the demographic is such that, um, you know, there's such an explosion. There are labor shortages. There are more opportunities quicker mm-hmm. in the industry, but at the end of the day, there still is this, like, uh, certain uh, base, like, sense of... Uh, needing to work to get to where you are. Absolutely. And I, I admire that and I and I like like supporting people who are working that hard and, and trying to make it in an industry that has a lot of opportunity but a lot of failure. Absolutely. And you know, I think it's eighty percent of all restaurants fail within three years, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we and I think my staff have a lot of great people that work have worked in the industry or gone to culinary school. They are a lot of we are all motivated by um, 
trying to be like that extra leg up or piece of perspective or inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, folks that come to this conference, like mm-hmm. the best version of their for their experience, they're like busting their ass all year. They come here, they get a couple of days or a few days off to like to be inspired, get a shot in the arm, and remind themselves of why they do what they do. Hope you love hearing Athleisure Kitchen on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you enjoy listening to this podcast. Athleisure Studio is proud to have an array of shows that you can enjoy on our network, and we want to let you know about Tribe Goals. Tribe Goals shares with you the inside scoop on changemakers across an array of verticals from beauty, fitness, sports, music, and more. We find out how they came into their careers and what inspired them to be on their path. We also find out who their inspirations are as well. Finish this season as we have podcast episodes with five-time NBA All-Star Al Horford of the Philadelphia 76ers, Stars Powers' Lala Anthony, the undefeated champ Layla Ali, and more. Make sure you follow us as we will drop season two starting on Christmas Eve. And prior to that, we'll have an episode letting you know who you can expect to hear from soon. So what do you think are the three biggest issues that going into 2020 that chefs have that are not a problem per se, but just three things that they're probably concerned about going into just the next year or whether it's facilitating their business. Yeah, I think one, uh, actually tomorrow I'm hosting a panel discussion with Sean Feeney, um, who's partnering with C. Robbins at Nisi and Lilia, and then uh, Danielle Sivinis, and we're going to be talking about culture, restaurant culture. Yeah. Um, and moving restaurant culture forward. Um, it's a lot of what our theme was last year, but it's about um, like being better humans and moving the industry forward in terms of uh, uh, how you treat people and the, the culture and all that good stuff. I think that... Everyone is on board in theory for that now, mm-hmm. and I think the next step and one of the challenges, like for twenty twenty and beyond, is like how you walk the talk. Yeah. So I think that's a challenge. It's easy to say, like you know, uh, provide benefits, um, treat your employees better, more like decent hours, and all those things. But like, Absolutely. how do you develop the strategies to run a profit, like a successful business, and still mm-hmm. do that? Um, so that's one. I think like. There's a something that's developed with chefs and folks in the industry, like in general, is trying to figure out also how they um, their brand image. It was mm-hmm. another panel we just yep. finished, but uh, <laughs> uh, how you manage like your time and yeah. your capital and your image and what you invest in, mm-hmm. and that's been like something that's been building up over time. How do you, which events do you decide to do? All that kind of stuff. But now it's even more like with social media. How do you present yourself and how much energy you put into that? Um, wow. How do you? What opportunities you say yes to? And I mean, obviously that's at a pretty high level. Um, not everyone's at that point, but I think that even on a micro level, and people are just starting out. Still, have to, when you're opening a restaurant, Absolutely. to decide where you invest in PR and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing. Wow. Um, yeah, I think there are the ongoing challenges. I don't know if they're like 2020 challenges, but they probably are. They seem to be getting, becoming more acute. But it's uh, the corp, like more and more uh, scale. Mm-hmm. And bigger organizations that are snatching up real estate. Yeah. That uh, independent restaurateurs um, have a harder time accessing. Mm-hmm. And kick, like 
the starting a restaurant is harder and harder um, but having being able to have the leverage to to get the right space um, at the right price right and and keep it like once you're successful Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's become more me look at like New York's a great um, example because uh, Manhattan's like parts of Manhattan become unattainable and really all the leases are controlled by the large management companies and the chains um, not that chains are all bad they employ people and there are some great ones that do great from scratch cooking but um, I think that for the independent restaurateur and chef that's like Trying to be an entrepreneur, that's a, a challenge that's gotten more acute. Wow. And my last question is, like, what are three, whether they are events um, in terms of panels or demonstrations, what are three that you're excited about that are happening at this event mm-hmm. over the three days? Which okay. is tough because it's only three. No, no, no. They're <laughs> not, I mean, our program's really strong this year. Um, and we try to involve people who are, like, more or less famous. So our name is Starships, but we're really not about stardom um so some of them are the less obvious i think that um ben and brent from the meat hook mm-hmm. they're going to be doing a really cool demo on the main stage uh which will be they call it vintage beef mm. i don't know how much you know about it but it's my mm-hmm. little butcher and yep. um you know, they've been exploring like different ways to be sustainable one like issue we have across the food system with meat at least is mm-hmm. um, a lot of our USD, like USDA certification is is like centered around young animals. Yes. So they are um, going to be fabricating a um, twelve year old bull and then serving uh, serving like samples of it. I think it will be a tartare. Wow. Um, and apparently I haven't had it, but apparently it tastes a bit like just like aged beef. Which is a cool, like, if a cool thing to demonstrate that um, yeah. dairy cows and bulls and animals who um, would have value mm-hmm. um, if we could get to a place where we utilize, you know, not just the whole animal but all right. animals. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, I'm from so, the Midwest originally, yeah. so Indiana. This is yeah. yeah. So that'll be a really good one. I think the obvious one, like that, um, everyone. I think has been maybe we have the most signups for. Francis Ma, mm-hmm. who's on Chef's Table, who uh, is inspiring. I've uh, been wanting him to present for years, mm-hmm. but he's closing the show, and he'll be building a fire in the parking lot outside. I'm really excited about on, that. Um, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then he'll be presenting on the main stage. Another cool like um, thing about that is he's, he'll be featuring. Uh, a vegetable roll, like a large vegetable roll, to be caramelized and cooked wow. with a fire mm-hmm. um, ahead of publishing a, a vegan cookbook next year, which is pretty cool since he's always been identified with like a lot of meats. Right. Um, and I think that for our chefs, like one of the reasons that they're so, aside from the fact that Francis Mallman is um, has a great presence, mm-hmm. cooking with fire is really a um, a thing that chefs it's a little bit of a challenge mm-hmm. to figure out everyone wants to cook with fire and it's a trend mm-hmm. but to how to actually like harness fire um, exactly. cook consistently at different temperature points mm-hmm. um, so those actual like real techniques are great takeaways for chefs wow um, I think the panel discussion with Danielle and Sean are two like really special people that are great 
like models. They're like this, uh, examples of uh, what the future of our restaurant industry should be. They're good models for like people should model themselves after those two. And they, one is a restaurateur and one is a chef, but they both have cool strategies for improving cultural restaurants. So. to sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is the division of Athleisure Media, and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya, or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash athleisure kitchen and on Instagram at athleisure kitchen and at athleisure studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.